This podcast is brought to you by FanshareSports.com, a website that compiles and curates the weekly recommendations of daily fantasy industry experts for you to gauge which players will be the most popular and which players are going overlooked. Head on over to FanshareSports.com and check it out. The wild card round is here. The regular season is over. Bittersweet. I don't have to stay up all night writing article after article. Uh, But at the same time, DFS, at least for the NFL season, is quickly coming to a close. A quick review of last week, and I want to talk about late swap and why it's important and kind of the decision that I had to make. Um, I was really high on Damian Williams all week. was actually on uh, Fantasy Mansion podcast, the Roto Underworld podcast, and uh, just kind of professed my want, desire to roster him this week, but... Spencer Ware was questionable all week. You know, he got in some full practices and it was looking dicey as to if he was going to play. And obviously, if Damian Williams is splitting snaps with Spencer Ware, that's not a good thing. Uh, So he was not in my cash game lineup at 1 o'clock. But then Spencer Ware was ruled out and I had a decision to make. And the only decision that I felt comfortable making was coming off of Travis Kelsey and going down to... George Kittle, and then getting up to Damian Williams from C.J. Anderson. So I was taking C.J. Anderson and Travis Kelsey out of my lineup, which I didn't love because I I thought both their prospects for big weeks were, um, they had a high probability of that occurring, but I really wanted Damian Williams. And I didn't think, I thought the difference between the two pairs weren't going to be too much different, and I ended up being correct. I think Damian Williams and George Kittle only outscored Kelsey and C.J. Anderson by a few fantasy points, but at the same time, what rostering Damian Williams did for me was it allowed me to get exposure to all of the Chiefs' touchdowns. So I swapped to Damian Williams, and I had Williams and Pat Mahomes which allowed me to get exposure to all the Chiefs' touchdowns, whereas Mahomes and Kelsey is a little bit more risky because Mahomes could go off and Kelsey still couldn't, which kind of is what happened. Um, But it really didn't look promising at about halftime of the 430 games because Anderson had gone off in the first half and Kittle had not yet. But Kittle ended up catching a bunch of balls late um, in, in that good game script and eventually caught that 60-yard or 50-yard touchdown that just ended up having, uh, ended up giving him a smash score to end the week. Um, so I won about, can't even remember off the top of my head, about in the, in the neighborhood of 64% of my head-to-heads. It was something like that, 63, 64, uh, and 100% of double-ups. The, the swap didn't matter, um, but that was my thought process. Let's get in to the wildcard weekend games. The first game on the docket, I believe, I actually don't even know the order of the games. That's kind of sad. I don't know. 
Uh, I know the Eagles are playing on Sunday, but I, I believe the first game is the Colts at the Texans on Saturday. Probably has the highest chance of being a shootout, I would say. Um, they've played twice this year. They've gone for 60 or 70, I think it was 71 points in the first game and 45 in the second game. So um, we're looking at a decent shot here. Both teams, and this is what I love here, both teams play at one of the highest paces in the league. So you're going to get a ton of possessions, probably going to get a lot of scoring. Um, and I think both defenses are actually nice for contrarian plays. So in GPPs, uh, if you're not playing many guys from this game, so if you if you have a Trubisky stack going on, or if you like Lamar Jackson, you kind of have a, a Raven stack going on, I like the defenses from these games actually because they're probably going to see a lot of, of dropbacks especially the Colts, because the Texans are one of the worst offensive lines in the league. They are dead last in football outsiders. So I think the Colts are probably my favorite GPP defense on the week in rosters that you don't have Deshaun Watson and a boatload of other Texans. But anyway, I think this game is the one I'm going to target the most, especially in cash. Um, Deshaun Watson, just unbelievable floor. He's running a lot more these last few weeks. The middle of the season was kind of wonky for him he had that chest injury and they weren't really calling design runs or I th- and I think he was being advised not to scramble um, if you look in the middle of the season there he only had a few rushing attempts in each game whereas now um, he's more apropos to pull the ball down and go obviously De- DeAndre Hopkins is my favorite wide receiver on the slate uh, he is matchup proof we saw last week he pretty much just torched uh, Jalen Ramsey. So this week, I don't think, despite the fact that the Colts have a good DVP number uh, against wide receivers, the Watson to Hopkins stack is going to be very popular, and I think it's my favorite pairing for cash. Uh, one thing of note, correlation is huge with only four games. So if you have Deshaun Watson, you probably should have pieces around him. Um, it's viable to play players naked in the regular season just because you have so many options. Uh, but with only eight teams on the slate, only four games, usually the results are going to be a lot more correlated. Or at least the winning lineups are going to have a lot more correlation in them. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the running game for the Texans. I just don't like Lamar Miller. Um, he's put up and he has had a few good games this year, over 100 yards and a touchdown. I don't think this is the week because um, he, 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 he loves to throw in those 17-carry, 58-yard, nothing-else games. And he gets the volume in that type of game, but 17 touches, maybe a catch here or there, but then he only ends up with five, seven, eight fantasy points. And that's not what we're looking for from a guy that's 5K. On the opposite side of the ball, um, Luck is about just as good of a play as as Deshaun Watson, but I like the fact that Watson's home, and I like the fact that he has DeAndre Hopkins at 100%, whereas Luck, I think Hilton is a little bit banged up, which is why I like his secondary pass catchers in uh, Dontrell Inman, I don't mind, um, and I really like Ebron. Uh, the Texans struggle against the tight end as well as the Colts. The Colts struggle mightily against the tight end as well, but 
I don't know if we're going to be able to pull the trigger on Jordan Thomas or Jordan Akins or Ryan Griffin or whomever the Texans roll out at that tight end spot. They're more of blockers per se, not pass catchers. And I think the running backs for the Colts are good contrarian plays. I don't mind Naheem Hines with Andrew Luck because he's the pass catching back. But if you're playing Marlon Mack, I think you're probably not going to put him in too many Andrew Luck lineups. Um, I mean, if the Colts absolutely have a smash day and score five or six touchdowns, maybe they both can smash. But um, the odds that Andrew Luck throws a touchdown pass to Marlon Mack are pretty slim. And then the only player that I think is of merit in this game, I mean, if Kiki QT comes back, I don't mind a dart throw um, with him. But I think DeAndre Carter, if if Kuti is not playing, is a building block. I think I think he's 3,200 on DraftKings, uh, and he's seen like six, seven targets the last few weeks as the number two with with the Marius Thomas, Will Fuller, and and Kuti not in the game. So I think DeAndre Carter at that really low price is definitely someone who you can not just a dart throw, but someone that you can have at a decent percentage uh, in your lineups because, you know, if the Texans are going to throw often or even if they're going to throw, you know, 30 times, Hopkins might get 15 targets this week. But then there's about six, seven, eight targets, I think, uh, for DeAndre Carter as well. The Saturday night game is the Seahawks traveling to Dallas to face the Cowboys. This one feels like a slugfest to me. Um, I'm probably going to be underweight on Dak and Amari, though I'll probably have a dart throw of them here or there. Uh, Dak notoriously struggles with zone, and I think that's going to show up here. The Seahawks have kind of given up a little bit more on the ground, and I think the Cowboys are going to try to pound the rock um, same thing with the Seahawks. I think they're going to try to establish Chris Carson. I like him, especially if Mike Davis doesn't suit up. Um, as far as the passing games go for these two teams, it's really hard to get excited about any piece because the Seahawks guys are a little too expensive, right? So Tyler Lockett's only seen a handful of targets the last few weeks. Now that Doug Baldwin is back, Baldwin is priced up over 6k so you're gonna get he's probably gonna get his five six seven targets maybe more um but seattle doesn't throw the ball a ton they they play ball control ross has been extremely efficient this year uh but i don't like to rely on uh, you know a touchdown every six passes because it's it's unsustainable and i know he's had um a pretty sustainable year (laughs) uh throwing touchdown passes on a limited number of attempts, but it's just something that I don't want to trust this week on a short slate. That being said, I do like some of the Dallas um, ancillary parts. Uh, Cole Beasley has done well against zone defenses when Dallas has played them. He, you know, he can kind of sit down, find that hole in the zone, and you know, rack up five, six, seven catches before you know it. Uh, I don't know if. I'm going to have too much Michael Gallup, but he's cheap enough that he doesn't really deter uh, you from using him, right? So if you have a 
core that you're building around. He's obviously not going to be in it, but he could be in a lineup or two here or there, depending on how many you make. If you're making only one lineup or only two or three lineups, I don't think that he is. He would make my player pool. Uh, on the Seattle side, I mean, David Moore you could take a shot on. Sure, he's got that long, deep ball potential. But really, I would concentrate in this game on, obviously, Zeke. Uh, I think at 9K, you're guaranteed 20-25 as a floor, and you just can't pass that up on a short slate. Um, there's a few guys on this slate that have a 20-point floor. Um, most of them are quarterbacks. Uh, there's a few guys who have a 15- to 18-point floor. And I just don't think that in your main lineup or your cash lineup, whatever you want to call it, you can fade those guys. I like to build around those guys. Um, have those guys, those players, in the majority of my lineups and then take dart throws around them. Uh, but this game is not great. Uh, Blake Jarwin, there's no really no tight end I want on Seattle. Blake Jarwin is an interesting uh, dynamic. I think I would love to roster him if he didn't have three touchdowns last week and was going to be much more owned than he should be Um, because Seattle has been pretty good against the tight end Um, so that even that makes me even more leery of Jarwin they shut Kelsey out Um, they shut Kittle out so I don't really think Jarwin's going to have a monster game or anything but I think he would have been a sneaky you know 10 12 15 point play um, at virtually no ownership had he not exploded last week against the Giants. Um, But that game is fairly straightforward for me. I want Zeke. Um, I want a little bit of Beasley. I want a little bit of Doug Baldwin. The quarterbacks are eh for me. I'm really going to be underweight on Dak, but I might be with the field or overweight on Russ, depending on what I see he's projected at. Because um, I think he does have a decent chance to pick up some points with his legs. And despite the fact that he really hasn't run much this year, you know, they kind of play all out in the playoffs. You see the stars. You'll see Wilson um, try to pick up first down with his legs because it's, you know, it's winter go home. So you kind of see the stars come out. I think Baldwin, Zeke will have uh, big games as well. And not so much Baldwin, but definitely Zeke trying to get in my lineup. Um, Baldwin I like to take. He'll be in some of my GPP rosters because he does have that ceiling. He does have a lot of touchdown equity. Russ likes to go to him in the in the uh, red zone. So I think he's definitely in play. Uh, as far as the Sunday games, we will take a look at the first one, which is the Ravens at the Chargers, a lot of people um, speculating that the Chargers kind of got hosed because of the time slot. Uh, West Coast teams in early games usually uh, don't play well. I think the last team to win a 1 o'clock game from the West Coast was the Chargers maybe four or five years ago. Um, But here's the thing with this game. The, the Ravens defense is lights out. They did a good job against the Chargers the last time. Uh, Melvin Gordon's banged up. Mike Williams is 
There's a ton of variance to his game. I do like Keenan Allen. I think he sees a lot of targets. Like I said, the stars come out when the uh, when the stage is the the biggest. So I do like Keenan Allen a little bit. I think he, and I think he went five for fifty last time against the Ravens. I could see him getting up to like a seven for seventy in a touch game, which is definitely worth it at his uh, six to seven k price. On the Ravens side of the ball, though, like the receivers are just absolutely unplayable. Um, Lamar Jackson's not throwing the ball a ton. I do like Gus Edwards a lot, though, and I think Ken, Kenneth Dixon is, is a nice GPP play as well. But I think Gus Edwards will be um, a core play of mine, to be honest. Uh, I talked about it a lot. I think at 4,200, I mean, it's just, it's a pretty big, it's a pretty nice steal. And. With Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, they always have to account that edge rusher um, on on the opposite side of the play, away from the play, uh, for Lamar Jackson, right? So on a normal running play when you have uh, an immobile quarterback or a quarterback that's not a run threat, a lot of times you'll see the, de- the, the, the defensive end just crash right down the line of scrimmage and blow the play up before the running back hits the hole well. If that happens against the Ravens, Lamar Jackson just keeps the ball and just flies right up that hole that the defensive end vacated. So really, they have to commit another defender for Lamar Jackson, and it opens up big lanes for the other runners. Um, Kenneth Dixon just went for a 100-yard game. Gus Edwards is more of the goal line back. Uh, I think one of those guys is going to have a decent game against this Chargers team. So I will have a good bit of them. But from this game, really, it's the defenses. Um, I really like the Ravens. They're only 3K, and there's enough cheap wide receivers, and even Gus Edwards, uh, they all allow you to basically take whichever defense you desire. So I think that's going to be my strategy. I'm going to have the Ravens defense in cash. They put up a 20 spot on... The Chargers got a lot of pressure on Rivers. Um, He's thrown two interceptions in his last three games, in each of his last three games, so six interceptions total. So I think he's definitely turnover prone this last month. I don't know if he's getting rattled a little bit with the pressure because he's faced good good fronts the last few weeks. So it looks like from this game I just want the defenses, Gus Edwards and then Keenan Allen. I'm probably going to be underweight on everybody else. And on, on a short slate like this, you have to keep in mind, like, literally everybody's in play. Travis Benjamin's in play because he could catch a 60-yard touchdown, and even if that's his only catch, he outscores everybody in the 3K range, right? But I'm just trying to highlight the guys that stick out to me. If you see a guy that you like, um, if something sticks out to you, by all means, play him, even if I don't mention him, because on a four-game slate, literally everybody's in play. Uh and then in that last game, the Bears' defense is ruthless, ferocious. Uh, I think Nick Foles is going to have a lot of trouble, but I do like Nelson Aguilar. Since Foles has taken the reins, he's had, I think, 10 catches in his last two games. I believe he's even scored three times. One of those was from Nate Sudfeld, the whole ball incident last week. But um, I really like Nelson Aguilar. Um, I think Darren Sproles is sneaky if they get behind. A lot of checkdowns. Same thing with Aguilar. 
the Bears have been really good against number one receivers, so I'm not sure if I I think I'm going to be a little bit underweight on Jeffrey. Um, revenge factor there, so I will have a little bit of him. I like Allen Robinson if he's 100% good to go. The Eagles obviously have just been decimated by receivers. And I think that Mitch Trubisky is really an interesting play. He's probably going to be my pivot QB off of the other two. I mean, I love Andrew Luck and, and Deshaun Watson, but I think um, Trubisky is going to be my pivot play. Mobile quarterbacks have absolutely smashed the Eagles. Um, most recently, Deshaun Watson ran uh, for a good bit on them and you know, got out of the pocket and was able to throw. The Eagles have had a hard time um, defending quarterbacks out of the pocket, so I think Trubisky is is very interesting as well. But I really love, and this is going to be the late hammer for me, I really love both Bears running backs. I mean, the Bears have turned run heavy the last few weeks. Jordan Howard's getting close to 20 touches um, because Trubisky's kind of not looked great. And I love Tariq Cohen since all the pass catchers on the Bears are a little bit nicked up. And even if they play, I think Tariq Cohen is in for an uptick in targets. Um, obviously, I would pair... Trubisky with Cohen in lineups, and if you're playing Jordan Howard, I would kind of fade the rest of the Bears' offense because if he's scoring touchdowns, it's probably on one or two or three-yard plunges that nobody else is going to get credit for. As far as core plays, um, cash core are my favorite few plays from this slate. I'm going to say I'm going to stick my flag in the ground, plant my flag on some lower-owned guys, right? I'm not going to say Zeke. I'm not going to say Andrew Luck. Those guys are going to be heavily owned, and we know that. Um, They're going to be, if you want to be overweight on those guys, you're going to have to have them in 70 80% of your lineup. But I really like Dontrell Inman this week. I think playing him instead of T.Y. Hilton in some lineups is a nice leverage play. I like Jordan Howard this week. I think on DraftKings at 4,600, he's probably going to be lower on than you think. You probably only need him in 20% of your lineup to be overweight, 30%. I might even go higher than that. I think he's going to have a a decent game. Despite the fact the Eagles are decent against the run the last few weeks, I think he sees uh, a good amount of work. I like Tariq Cohen. Probably in lineups that I don't have Howard, I'm going to have Cohen. I really like Tariq Cohen. And then I'm going to say Nelson Aguilar. So I like three guys from that last game. Um, And that might just be me wanting to have, you know, PMR in that last game. But I do like them a lot. My favorite play from, I'll give you a play, I'll give you a favorite play from each game um, that I didn't mention thus far. The... First game, I'm not sure if I talked about him, but I think um, Ryan Griffin is a sneaky play. The Colts are terrible against the tight end, and I know I said like they have a bunch of tight ends there. I'm not 100% sure who they're going to throw to, but I think you can sneakily play Ryan Griffin. He's gotten a lot of snaps the last few weeks. Uh, from the Dallas Seahawks, the Dallas-Seattle uh, game, my favorite low-owned play is probably going to be Cole Beasley. Um, He comes out of nowhere with some of these eight catch, eight for 60 in two games that I think he could flash here. Uh, Gus Edwards is going to be my favorite play from the Ravens and Chargers game. And then the two running backs from 
the Eagles game, um, Colin and Howard are probably going to be my favorite there. All right, guys, good luck in the wild card round. Uh, a few things in when you're playing a short slate like this. Um, don't try to cover all your bases. Basically, uh, you know, if you're making 10 lineups, stick to a pretty tight core and then just drop in some dart throws around them. Don't try to get every player in a, in a lineup because then, you know, you spread out your hits and misses and then you have 10 lineups with you know four really really smashed plays but they're spread out across nine lineups and it's just hard to hit a GPP when you don't have multiple outs so if you really love Zeke put him in every lineup because he's going to be 70% on if you really like I don't know um, Jordan Howard put him in half your lineups because you're going to need those outs uh, around him Okay, good luck. I'll talk to you in the divisional round. Be sure to read all the stuff that I have posted on 4 for 4. Wrote a big write-up, more in-depth than this podcast, obviously, on the four games on 4 for 4. Take a look at that. Hit me up on Twitter, PatJamesDFS, and we'll talk to you next week. 